The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to a special edition of Culture Insanity during a crazy time. Um, Yeah, so we're all quarantined. We're all held up in our homes. And so our our Vigilance Radio Network thought it would be a good idea to start uh, giving you guys something to watch other than... The latest stand-up special on Netflix or whatever whatever Disney Plus is throwing up because people can't go to the movie theaters, um, which is awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although it's still $20 to oh, watch. For a movie? Like a new movie? For a new movie. They're like putting movies out immediately, mm. but it's $20. I about that. I but about that. I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable price if you consider that the price of two tickets is less than $20. It's not a reasonable price if you have a Regal Unlimited pass. <laughs> <laughs> well... Thankfully, Regal Unlimited suspended their payments, so... Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so we're here doing a special um, arc, if you will, of the podcast, just because, uh, yeah, people are are obviously going to be consuming some stuff, and so we thought we'd give them something, um, what we hope to be worthwhile (laughs) to consume. Uh, So we're going to have just a little short cast here, um, talking about one thing and seeing where it takes us, and um, obviously... Uh, what's happening in the news is you know the same kind of stuff that was happening last time we met, which was last weekend, I think. Last weekend, last Saturday. Um, so, coronavirus. And that's why we're here. That's why we're held up. So, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, uh, and I hope you guys can can consume this even in the future. Um, so, make sure you guys, uh, Jasmine, producer Jasmine, started a watch party. So, make sure you join the watch party, and she'll be monitoring those threads uh, if you want to comment. Um, but you're you can comment on the live video too, as normal. Yeah. So, what we are going to talk about today is related to coronavirus, as I said. So, Evangeline Lilly who you might know as Kate from Lost, for those of you that uh, were watching TV circa 2006 or something. Yeah. Uh, or she's the Wasp in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. What else is she in? Mm-hmm. She's one of the elves, right? Oh, yeah. In, in, the, the, Hobbit. in the, the Hobbit trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really cool. Um, anyway, so she was in the news because um, of, of, you know, acting against the establishment establishment yeah the status quo so she was refusing or she is refusing to self-isolate self-quarantine uh whatever term you want to use um hold up uh self-shelter shelter in place shelter Shelter in in place place. yeah yeah she refused to do that um because she's downplaying the seriousness of coronavirus so they say so they say allegedly um so yeah, she like tweeted something or posted something that she was, you know, on her way to drop her kids off at gymnastics class or something like that. Basically just being out and about and, you know, business as usual type stuff for her and in her life. And she um, obviously got a lot of backlash from that, you know. A lot of people commenting on her posts, you know, I was a fan, but now I'm not, <laughs> which is ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> as if you, these people can't separate her work versus her, you know, personal views, and it's silly like that. Um, but 
So she got a lot of backlash from that, and she responded with uh, with this. She said, "There's something every election year, implying that you know this is all tied to some sort of ploy by." this side or that side to gain or lose, um, you know, support. And she said, where we are, are, where we are right now feels a lot too close to martial law for my comfort. Um, let's be vigilant right now, keeping a close eye on our leaders, making sure that they don't abuse this moment to steal away more freedoms and grab more power. So that's what we're here to talk about now. How does this coronavirus, um, speak into that and like how should we be viewing that as, especially as christians like should we be should we be like yeah fearful and should we be not should we be forsaking you know gathering of believers and like what does that look like how can that look and and all these well that's the that's the big deal right mm-hmm. is like for us as pastors what we're what we're constantly being Faced with in our congregation, and as I talk to other pastors, this is the case too, is, you know, the gathering of believers, which is an ancient tradition that predates long before, long before America or any, yeah, any of the modern societies that we have, um, and it's a command, uh, is being seen as a non-essential gathering. Right. Which is, I just read this morning, just before we went live, New York, to, to, to put it into perspective, it's seen as a non-essential gathering. New York just, uh, maybe as the mayor of New York, I can't remember his name, I think he said that liquor stores are seen as essential and so they'll stay, stay open. Yeah. So put that into perspective. We're keeping liquor stores open, but certain certain of our leaders and, you know, authorities and politicians are saying that the the gathering and, you know, where you go for spiritual guidance is seen as non-essential. What did Kate Brown say a couple of days ago? Oh, yeah. She said something in, in pertaining to that, I'm trying to find it right now, but uh, let's see, let's see, where is it? James James posted it somewhere. Right, Pastor James posted it. Yeah, uh, but she was she was basically affirming that position. Oh, I got it. I got okay. it right here. She says, "I understand this is a hardship for many families." Kate Brown said. Kate Brown's the governor of Oregon. For those you know of you that are tuning in from Oregon, I urge Oregonians to comply with the spirit rec- spirit of recommendations and to offer ways online or, or, and in smaller groups for o- Oregonians to get the spiritual guidance they need, which isn't like, you know, altogether bad advice and we're fortunate enough at least here that we do do that and we're set up to do that. Right. But she is encouraging, you know, the isolation, like the total isolation of it. And so that's the bigger question, like how should we be um treating that for for, you know, our friends and and partners in other churches? They're not set up like we are. You know, they're not set up to be online. They're not set up to stream. They're not set up to do things like we're doing right now, you know, give their congregations or whatever something to um, something to consume that, you know, is, rel- is, is um, relevant for their faith and stuff. And so what does that mean for them? They just don't see each other. They don't talk. They don't, you know, they don't gather together. They don't worship. They, any number of things for the next until August or whenever, like yeah, I think what you read this goes to August, September, October. This is two weeks. This is twelve. I don't know how stringent Kate Brown is in her belief system. She's 
she stated before, like back in 2018, she stated that each of us has a spirit living within us. And she was talking about yoga and meditation uh, as yes. being, you know, in, in her life. Uh, she clarified that she didn't see being a yogi, which she said means someone who practices yoga in religious terms. Um, yeah. So she's like spiritual nature, but you know, basically that, that ideology says that everything's an illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing super significant. Everything's an illusion. In fact, you want to get rid of the distinctions. So, okay. Like if that's, and, and, and so she's spiritual on the other side, you have the naturalistic beliefs that believe that nothing is significant because everything is just sort of going through, you know, constant permutation, uh, with, uh, time and chance. So, you know, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, so is there a hard stance is there a hard stance that a believer should be taking? Like, where where do you draw the line in regards to this coronavirus type thing? As we know, it's a fluid situation, and people will, you know, are encouraged to act on their convictions. That's what we're telling our congregation, for example, as far as Sunday service and stuff. Like, we're not going to turn you away. We encourage, you know... But we're telling you not to come. We're telling you not to come. But if you show up, we're not going to say get out of here. You know, there's, so there's a difference. But um, our congregation's also small enough that it doesn't, you know, that we easily still fit under the 25 um, if people, for the most part, respect it. And as as I mentioned, like our congregation's small enough, and we've been doing things a certain way long enough to where. In fact, we just talked about it last week uh, or earlier this week that, like, we're encouraged that our congregation is still gathering, you know, digitally, if you will. Yeah, because we've been doing that for a long time. The VRN is a part of that. So we're, you know, we're blessed in that way. But is is there a hard line that a believer should draw? Like, you know, I, I respect this this whole thing. I respect the coronavirus. I'm trying to respect what my government has to say. But what? Like, is there a hard line there? Like, yeah, I think there is. I think the I think that the hard line that should be drawn is on the spreading of the gospel, which we're not inhibited from, mm-hmm. right? So nobody's telling us that we can't spread the gospel. In fact, they're encouraging us to spread the gospel online and digitally. Mm-hmm. That's a valid format. It would be the the, the closest thing to um, first century church doing that would be you can't write letters. Mm-hmm. You know. We're not being told that. In fact, we're being encouraged to do that. The thing is that the church has been so reticent to be at the front of technology Mm -hmm. that most of the churches, unless you're a big church, they don't think in those terms. And so we're a small church and we have all of our gear set up to do that. And we already do that naturally. So it's not a big deal for us. But I know lots of pastors who, you know. They're in crisis right now. Yeah, they're in crisis in terms of because that is basically the one thing that they do on a regular basis, and they haven't thought that that their church hasn't thought that through, and so yeah, they're in crisis. Um, but I would say not being allowed to spread the gospel, not being allowed to minister to each other. But even the shelter in place in Oregon states you can minister to relatives, you know, like people like health issues and so on and so forth. You're allowed to do that. Now I'm not. I'm not sure how far that goes in terms of clergy um, and whether like clergy is allowed to do that. I know that in Britain, I think it was Britain. I was just reading that um, two members of the Roman Catholic clergy got cited for performing a funeral. 
Oh, interesting. Um, I would say that if we were told we can't perform funerals, that we should. I, I would say that that, that kind of crosses the line. So I don't know. Um, but what I can tell you is we're not there yet. Yeah. So what about, what do we think about what she's saying here? Like, and how, you know, how discerning we should be, should we be? She's, she's suggesting that Evangeline Lilly, you mean? Yes. Yeah. In regards to the article, she's suggesting that we're not, we're not far away from, from martial law, which for those of you who don't know what martial law is, martial law is the imposing of military might uh, in regards to, you know, a, an emergency of some kind um and it specifically like um takes away certain liberties and freedoms that we have as as people as americans um and so kind of hits hits it right on the nose like we're in a temporary emergency crisis with this coronavirus pandemic um recently i think it was yesterday or the day before something um our government, you know, roped in a couple thousand National Guard troops to aid in the spread of coronavirus. Uh, aid in stopping the spread of coronavirus, yeah. We're being told in California, coming up here potentially in Oregon, in, I think, Pennsylvania, in New York, we're being told to shelter in place for a minimum of two weeks and any non-essential people that are caught, um, not, you know, I say caught, but non-essential people that are out and about or, you know, negating that that decree or that order could face a penalty. Like if you look at the right. California They'll be like cited. penal code, yeah. you could be cited for a thousand plus dollars or up to six months in jail. Right. So like there's a penalty attached to it, like for disobeying like a, a direct decree from your, your authorities. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people that you know, are being discerning would say, and realistic, I guess, would be like, yeah, that kind of does sound a lot like martial law. Like, how far will this go, though, is the thing. Like, and I'm really, like, I, I'm really hesitant to be, you know, to push the fear-mongering, and I don't like sure. it. So I take it in, and I keep an eye on it, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? And I'll, I'll get to Pastor Monty on the phone here because I know he'll have something to say about this. I got three things to say. I posted a link into the stream for Martial Law, the TV show starring Sammo Hung. You should check it out. <laughs> um, 1998 to, to, to 2000. <laughs> check that out. Um, secondly, um, the line that, uh, just to finish the discussion from earlier, the line that oh, yeah. I would say needs to be drawn is in the spreading of the gospel and then in the ministering to people. Mm. So like if there's people who are sick and so on and so forth, we should be ministering to those people and those things should continue. And if we're told that we can't, then what are we saving ourselves for? Yeah. Um, so there's there's that. In other words, like what's the point of what we the way we live if we can't do those two things? Those two things right. are like foundational for right. our faith and how we live after we accept Christ. So right. So we're told stop. So those two things, I would say, we need to be able to take care of people, and yeah. we need to be able to share our faith. Um, when those don't work, then we're going to need to be thinking differently. Mm. Um, uh, although I will say that there is, there is places in scripture that talk specifically about quarantining. Mm. There are, um, yeah, like, like someone with leprosy. Like, exactly. Yeah, you, like with leprosy, you get them out. Yeah. But the, 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 
pastors, pastors in specific are called, for instance, to go to the sick, right? So there's, there's an idea there that the sick are not in the place with the congregation yeah. and uh, Jesus we, himself reached out, you know, to the lepers and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. So in a lot of our social services, they come from that mentality where nobody else would go in and minister to people. The, the Christians would. The, the thing in this wording of these, you know, mandates from, you know, our governor or another governor, it's so probably intentionally vague. I'm, I'm, oh, it's great it. euphemisms. But like, so what, when they say essential this or essential that, like, that's 100% relative. Well, I love shelter in place. I mean, you know, it's quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're calling it shelter in place. And it I just. Sounds nicer. I love the wordsmithing of it. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's to. The other day I was. Prevent more hysteria, which let's not kid ourselves. We're past, we're past the right. point of hysteria. Right. The other day I was listening <laughs> to Trump. Control. Trump was talking um, and he was, he was saying, he was talking about this time period and he was talking about how social distancing, he like made a quip about social distancing as like this new term and it's, you know, tremendous term or whatever. Tremendous. But, um, <laughs> but he was, he was talking about this new term and then he was talking about how there's like these new phrases that keep popping up, you know, useful, useful terms, very useful. That's and then, but then he was, um, he was saying that he doesn't know if he came up with the term fake news, but he wishes that he hadn't. And he's pretty sure he did. You certainly made it popular. <laughs> certainly so, put it on the map. But anyway, uh, sorry. At the third point, what was the third point? Oh, Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. Back to the actual topic. Um, the martial law thing. I'm going to get past You're getting past your dad. Okay, Pastor Monty. So, but Evangeline Lilly, she, I think she makes a decent point. I think our eyes do need to be open. Mm. I think we're, I think we're in danger of being uh, palpatined. Mm, interesting. Hey, Pastor, how are you? I'm good. So you've been, you've been tuning in, yeah? Oh, yeah. So, martial law. Well, this actress here suggests that you know, we're a step away from it, or we're, we're walking right up to that line with, in regards to how we're treating this whole thing. What would you say in regards to this martial law and how it relates to how we should be discerning as, you know, believers and as Americans? Well, you know, first of all, I, I, I sent a, a comment uh, in regarding martial law that... Uh, <laughs> On the video? She, on the chat, well, he yeah, said, yeah, "Willing yeah, to willing to bet she has never actually lived under martial law." Mm. I have. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Maybe have grandparents yeah. or something. But yeah, yeah, that's essentially it. You know, she. Uh, I I doubt seriously she's actually lived under martial law. Um, it's it's a very interesting. But well, martial martial law has taken weird forms, right? And it's it's hidden. It's been hidden under the guise of different things over the the decades and centuries. Would you agree? Well, okay. Put let's put it in context. Martial law is a legal terminology that ascribes to those to the government in power the ability to utilize the military mm -hmm. in order to control what happens and doesn't happen in regard to the citizenry. So it is specifically, and, and by the way, it is inside of our constitution uh, that the government can institute martial law if the, if the uh, republic is in jeopardy. 
and this is this is what happened when uh, President Marcos of the Philippines instituted martial law. So I lived in the Philippines as a missionary during the time that martial law was in place. Uh, more importantly, uh, my wife lived, grew up under martial law in the Philippines. So I guess what what I was saying so, was like in regards to martial law has hidden under the guys when I said that like it's been not so overt but so like let me give maybe it's better if I just give an example so like during World War II uh, FDR you know uh, passed a whatever that we can basically search out and detain any any Japanese American in fear that they could be you know a traitor to their country or something is, is that accurate like we detained no, a lot of Japanese Americans no 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 that's and that's they, not martial law that's a whole different thing and he wasn't challenged legally but but he was in violation of the constitution when he when he made that action so it's not technically it's not technically martial law but that's not what's being i think the spirit of what evangeline lilly is saying is that a totalitarian government system is in uh, that we're in danger of a totalitarian government you know taking control what what she's doing josh in my opinion what she's doing is she ex she's exhibiting the uh, the the two key elements that millennials exist she's not a millennial AI. for the for the record well but she's but she's 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 uh, exhibiting those things nonetheless she's like 40 AI. 41 arrogance and ignorance why i don't understand why do you say that yeah why, why, why do you, why do you, it's, there's a certain irony to saying arrogance and ignorance about another person's position that you don't really know why they have that. Well, because she hasn't lived under martial law and she doesn't understand, first of all, the terminology she's throwing around. That's not the so point. That the, the point, that's ignorance. No, that's not the point. The point uh, when you're talking about martial law is that a totalitarian government is able to rise up out of a free thinking government. And that is what that would be. We are, we are not a totalitarian government. That's the we're point. We're not even close to it. But that's but, the point. The point is that we're not a totalitarian government, and she's concerned that that's what could happen. What happens under martial law, Josh? You're caring about the term martial law. Military. You're, you're talking about the term martial law. That's... For, forget the forget the definitional term of martial law. Any point where the government has has unilateral control is martial law. Well, so whether whether that's whether that's here. when that's whether 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 you have a dictator that isn't the term isn't technically martial law but it's still a dictator who has totalitarian control it is in effect martial law that's the point she's making she's not uh, saying well, she's, she's not saying technical martial law she's talking about in in effect in actuality it is the same outcome as if we had martial law mm -hmm. mm, okay she's speaking out of ignorance the reality of it is we're not even close to anything like that. What the administration is seeking to do is to give guidance. First of all, it's not the, it's not the president of the United States who is um, making any type of unilateral decision as to how people can exercise their freedom yet. or not. That's not what's being said. No, 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 no. Don't do the yet thing. But that's not what's... Clearly, that's, this is because of a misunderstanding 
of how it is that our government operates by many. No, that's it not what's being said. That's not that's not what's being said. When when Julius Caesar when Julius Caesar became the supreme emperor of Rome, that power was given to him. When Adolf Hitler became the supreme here. chancellor of Germany, that power was given to him. When Emperor Palpatine became the, 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 the galactic empire emperor of the galactic senate, that power was given to him. None of them are set up at, with three separate branches of government co-equal and cooperating as the United States is as a republic. So your illustrations for all three of those that you just gave are invalidated. You know that's not true, right? You know that's not true. Like the Ro- like the Roman Empire, our government's based on the Roman Empire. Elements, elements, but not all. Well, yeah, the it's not exactly the same. But is, the, Josh, the reality of it is, is that we are not even close to anything like that. What is happening I, currently? I is that governors, you're, you're welcome to disagree, but your disagreement doesn't make it any truer or less. The reality of it is there's a couple of things happening here. Likewise, Pastor it is, right? is the governors, no, it is the governors of each state who have responsibility to direct the citizenry of each state. The federal government does not dictate to them what they have to do, what happens is, is each governor t- makes independent choices. So, like, who calls example, in the national guard? Yeah, the, the governors. And once they call in the na- oh, so let's say that they do. Once they call in the national guard, then who decides what those troops do? The governor. Mm, no, national guard is under the governors of each state. They're used by the Fed. No, 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 no. The National Guard is called in by the governors of each state and is under the authority of the governors of each state. But in a time so, of crisis, in a time of cri- disagreement between the local city municipality and the governors, we understand right that now there's you have De Blasio in New York dictating that he wants people to do certain things. We understand that there's and a the- difference between the federal and the state. That's not what's in yeah. question. And the governor, Cuomo, is saying, no, you can't do that. We understand that there's a difference between the federal and the state. What we're talking about is that under certain circumstances, the federal has the right to impose upon the state what it wants to. That's martial law. That's not even happening. The imposition is... But you would agree that's true, right? That assessment's true. That's what the Constitution allows. Okay, so good. So we we can start there. So that... that, that What that is is backed up by is military... I just looked it up. You're right about the fact that state state officials can implement the National Guard as they see fit, but the president can activate the National Guard and place it under federal that's control. That's what I just said. I said it was the okay, Fed. That's different than, than what's being asserted. So, so no, me, it's you, not. So you, say, you say, Pastor, let me... And I, know I know you don't like the what-ifs and the, and the yes. It's time with Pastor Monty. I know what I'm doing. I, I know you... This I, isn't I, truth time. This is culture insanity. I know you don't like the what-ifs and the yes, but you also would agree that it's important to be discerning and to keep a close eye on things. 
correct. We, so let me give we, you a hypothetical. We're not, we, not even close. So when you say we're not even close, by this woman, I don't even know how you could say close. that. So here's a realistic scenario. Here, here here's how a, I can hold say on, that. hold on. I'm talking. Hold on, please. Here's a realistic scenario. So the National Guard was called in to aid the spread of coronavirus. And that's um, to aid in stopping the spread of coronavirus. So when they By come who? up, when By they which co- state? when they come up with a vaccine, a realistic scenario would be every American is told to get the vaccine or else. And what happens if the National Guard starts knocking on all of our doors and saying, "Take this vaccine. You need to, or else." Oh my goodness, Adam, that is. That is so much uh, over the top. But how is that over the top? Kids are told that they're not even allowed to go to school unless they've been vaccinated. It's It's true. For flu. You're acting like that's so out of the realm of possibility. For flu. And there are states that are trying to pass laws in terms of anti-vaxxers. Government, it is uh, under our present governmental system what we're talking about is when the present government simply wouldn't what we're talking about is the possibility and for the record like you i think you're assuming that adam and i agree with evangeline lily and what we're talking about we're not agreeing with her we're just understanding that there's a certain reasonability to it the way that you're talking the way that you're talking about it is as if she's completely ignorant and there's no possibility for this to exist. I think what Adam suggests is valid. Kids are not even allowed to go to school if they're not vaccinated for something like the flu. And you have a massive movement against anti-vaxxers in both state and federal. And now you have this thing that they've deemed a pandemic, you know, probably rightfully so, but uh, you don't think that it's just a few steps away, even if we get past this pandemic where we, you know, uh, flatten the curve, you don't think that it's just a few steps away that there's a unilateral decision that gives the United States government the ability to impose its medical ideology on, on its citizens? You don't think that's no. possible? I think it's, I think it's possible, but not probable. Because okay, there but, are too many other safeguards that are put in place. So in a scale, well, but... Wouldn't wouldn't you agree that this is an unprecedented time where safeguards across across all sorts of things, you know, uh, across industries are being taken down specifically to fight this pandemic? Wouldn't you agree with that? Uh, no, I don't agree with that. For example, they're talking about the use in Italy and other places of a drug which is basically used for malaria, mm-hmm. uh, it's shown to be very effective. Right, we're talking about in the U.S. The, uh, against the, uh, the the virus as we know it today. But the medical people here, the FDA, which controls how drugs are used, <laughs> in the United States, there's no, uh, there's no way to to ensure that that's true because there are not protocols set up uh, under You're talking uh, specifically about one subject, and I'm saying that across the board, there's all sorts of safeguards that they've lifted to make it so that we can mobilize as a country. They talk about it every day they talk about it. Context, Josh. Context. I also don't put a lot of faith in the FDA to begin with because the FDA allows a lot of things to be unlisted. Uh, you know, when when these companies are making whatever they're making, whether it be food or. or I, don't, I don't understand. What do you mean, context? Well, you know, if you've lived in other countries and spent any time abroad, listen. 
I, I, All of us in this room have spent time abroad. Your skepticism. I fully understand your skepticism. But, but, and there's always elements of our government uh, from the top down. So federal state, federal county, or, you know, county, city. There are elements of our governments that clearly need improvement. I'm not saying it's perfect. But I guarantee you, having lived in other countries, actually not visited, but lived in other countries, the reality of it is, is we have more safeguards in place to make sure that the government is not tyrannical than any other country that uh, I can think of currently. What does, okay, so first of all, you're instituting what we call a logical fallacy there. The fact that you have lived in other countries versus experienced other countries in a meaningful way is both arbitrary to your experience and it doesn't change the facts. So first of all, okay, let's well, let's leave. So let's leave. Let's leave your experience. Science ramifications. Let's leave your experience out of it. Let's leave your experience out of it, and let's just talk about the truth of the situation. That the government. Uh, that the government let's has said. Into it as well. the, what does that have to do with it? That doesn't have anything to do with it. Again, your education. Your education has nothing to do with the facts. You can what all sorts of people have are not facts. all sorts of people have all sorts of degrees. It doesn't mean that they know things. What you're describing are not facts. They're assertions. No, no, no. They are facts. facts. The government has repeatedly worked to get measures out of the way so that they can work more effectively during this time. True or not true? Uh, not a, not arbitrarily and across the board. Not true. How can you say that? The government is saying that. They literally, every day, they have a press conference where they say that. Trump talks about how he's, Trump talks about how he's made tremendous efforts to get past these things. What they've actually said, Josh, is under certain provisions which have been granted by Congress, certain individuals, being the president, has the right to waive regulations which would stand by uh, in the way in an emergency situation okay so to so be clear to be clear what you're FDA saying is to, to be clear cannot, for example let me let me state my finish my example so we're clear the fda states that a drug cannot be used until it's been approved by the fda except for a finite reason the 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 protocol then to use this malaria drug for something other than malaria to use it for the uh, for the uh, the current virus that the protocol has been waived for that so that un so that doctors can begin to use it in a, a and see whether or not it's going to help people that are in dire need. Right. Okay, so now that you've said all that, to be clear, you're saying that the government, through rightful channels, has waived many protocols that have allowed them, within their authority nonetheless, but have allowed them recently to fight this pandemic the best way that they know how, correct? Yes. Okay, so that is exactly, so, so please listen, that is exactly the assertion that's being made. See, what we're saying is, is that You're a bunch of... a broader assertion than is, than is true. Uh, no. No. You just, you literally just justified the position that we're saying. 
No, I don't think so. But let let me let me just let me just finish my my clarification with this, Josh. First of all, we're not even close to a martial law. We're not close to a technical martial law, but well, it is the, with it is far more within the no. realm. It is far more yes. within the realm of possibility than it has ever been. In America. Well, you know, the interesting thing about a, a government that allows its citizenry to cooperate voluntarily is that when you try to enforce upon people... Uh, now, remember, keep in mind, Josh, that I was a, a civil law enforcement officer. Again, I don't really care about... I don't really care about those things. I appreciate oh, I appreciate your experience. I don't I don't think that it changes the facts of the situation. So let's just let well, the facts. No, it, no, no, you you can't uh, when the government Let's just let the facts of the situation stand on their own. Voluntarily comply and you have to deal with people who will not comply. You have to have a mechanism to be able to to make it so uh, they don't voluntarily to, comply to to catch and deal with those people. So just so comply. just just to be clear, when the government allows people to voluntarily comply and they don't <laughs> want to, then the government needs to impose a mechanism that makes it so they can't voluntarily comply. Correct? Um, no, no. The, what the government does is it it provides incentives for those who refuse to comply. Incentives. Now, that's how I know that you are an experienced lawman. <laughs> incentives? When, when I, when uh, see, I, you're when even I, laughing about it. Well, when I would deal with people, Josh, that were upset because of the penalties and interests that were being attached to their their uh, non-compliance, yeah. I would point out to them that what we have here is we have an incentive. Right. So if you don't like the fact that you're having it to have to deal with an incentive, then comply. Right. So, so basically, you're not, you're to, to, a choice. so to be clear, though, to be clear, you're saying that the government doesn't that the government gives people the right to comply or not comply. But if the the individual chooses to not comply, then they'll be comply. forced to comply. Uh, no, they're they're for they're they're, they're given incentives where they have to choose which is better for them. Way to tow the company which, line. Which is what? Which is what? Which is life what? is a series of choices. What are okay. the choices Under martial then? law, or more importantly, a totalitarian government, there is no choice. Uh, yeah, there is. There's a choice uh, to no. die. There's a choice to die for your freedom, or to not. Yeah, there is a choice to die, live or die. That's correct. Okay, so isn't that the go. same choice that a policeman is giving a guy who's running away from him? Live or die? Uh, no, not necessarily. A guy who's a guy who pulls a gun. A guy who pulls a gun on a policeman. He can no. He can he can comply with the requests of the officer. Put the gun down. Get on the ground. That's the same thing. And uh, put his hands up. Well, when we say live and get down on the ground. But when we say live or die, when we say live or die, what we're saying is live by my laws or die. You know, or I'll kill you. So that's the same thing that you know. I mean, you don't have the right. You didn't have the right to do that as a as a, a tax officer. Although there were certain people in your agency who certainly did, right? There's only one group that were allowed to carry. Uh, cool. So there were certain people in your agency who actually did. So the point I'm making is, it's not like I, I think you're euphemizing it, and I would be, you know, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, okay. I mean, so as long as they don't say it's martial law, 
as long as they don't say that it's martial law, yeah. uh, you'd be fine with it. So if they if they say that they're going to come into your home and they're going to check to make sure that you comply, that you are vaccinated. Hold on, hold on. They're going to check to make sure that you comply, that you're vaccinated with the coronavirus vaccine. And then they're going to say to you that if you don't choose to comply, then they will give you an incentive to 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 comply. Uh, Which is you would not. You wouldn't prison. call that uh, a totalitarian regime. You are so far out right. on the. We're going in circles. Here. We're going in circles, this and clearly there's a disagreement under our current <laughs> system of government. Sorry, this would never Just happen. Just to be clear, to be clear, do you think that any? Do you is, think that is if any? You think that it could. You're you're really sorely ignorant of how our government is set do up. Do you think that? any government where this has happened ever thought that they would be taken over? The founders of our country put into place constitutionally certain things to protect us from having a totalitarian government. Are you afraid of socialism so taking over? We don't, we don't want to jump over to are, another deal, are you it, are but, you afraid but, are you afraid of socialism taking over no uh, well I'm not afraid of socialism are you I concerned that, that socialism may take is over and understand the consequences better than probably 98 percent of the population sweet but are you concerned that socialism may take over and my what are you concerned that these snowflakes will elect certain people into government and power that eventually will allow for socialism to take over and we have to warn against that and be careful with it are you concerned about that um i believe that if certain individuals got into power that over over a a 40 to 50 years with no corrective steps then, uh, yes, things could erode towards socialism and it would destroy the Republic of the United States. Yes. Okay. I, I'm aware of that. Okay. I'm also aware of the safeguards in place and understand the corrections that were put into place by the founders of this country. So it would be prudent for us to take into account the possibility that what is happening now, though far from an actual implementation of martial law, could create precedences that within the next several years, maybe even sooner because of the technology that's present, the way we spread information so quickly and so on and so forth, could turn into that very government that we don't want, right? It's possible that it could set precedence. Well, it's possible. As a theologian, my concern is to understand that some of the changes that we see taking place on a, uh, on a domestic but also an international front give way to an understanding that the God whom we love and serve is in control and that he has already indicated in Scripture that certain things must take place. So I would be more concerned as a believer, I would be more concerned with the news that has just come out that both Russia and China are um, are uh, cozying up to each other sure. uh, because of the coronavirus and because of the uh, worldwide implications uh, in regard to that, because if you turn to Ezekiel and look at the prophecies in Ezekiel regarding the end times, um, both of those nations they are seem in league to fit. as they move against as they move against uh, Israel. Well, I'd be more okay. Concerned with so, that. so we don't know that those nations are Gog and Magog. 
right? We well, don't we don't know that those we don't know that they're the kingdom to the north. But but yes, that is something to pay more attention to than little old America, which has no place in the Bible for sure. That is correct. But then again, we spend an awful lot of time on Truth Time with <laughs> Pastor Monty talking about American politics. So let's not let's not let's American politics. Let's not be disingenuous here about where our focus should be. I think the our fact is the fact is is that we are talking to the American church right now, right? As culture insanity, as most of the VRN, we're talking to the American church right now and talking about where where we need to be and we can be just it's it's okay for us to be concerned about how to live life as the American church knowing that a possibility of our freedom being eroded is imminent. That's okay. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say imminent. Well, we should always think of it as eminent. If it wasn't eminent, then the founding fathers wouldn't have worked so hard to safeguard it. My position is, as a believer, first of all, I need to understand that God's word says that my God is in control. So I yield to his sovereignty. Aside from that, I also have personal responsibility. And that personal responsibility is to observe the suggestions, and they are suggestions at this point. At this point. observe the suggestions which are being made. Because at some point uh, they might to, not be suggestions, right? Let's not get back into the circular <laughs> well, argument. Hey, let's wrap this up and let's give something okay. to our viewers so they can know that we don't hate each other. You're not here right now, Pastor, so we can't give you a cuddle. No, we don't hate each other. In fact, no, we you, value you, you, social distancing would not allow it. We value <laughs> we right. value what Pas- <laughs> Pastor Monty has to say greatly because yeah. honestly, we have our finger on the uh, on the end call button, right? Like if we wanted to, we could end the call and that would be the end of it. <laughs> but I'm not going to censor. But we're not way. doing that because we value well, what Pastor Monty. Only if, I wouldn't do that. Only too. if you were being totalitarian, right? That's right. That's we're right. not doing that because we value what Pastor Monty has to say. Um, I don't. I don't feel like we were able to really get into it because we're arguing about whether it can be gotten into in the first place (laughs) (laughs) so so how do we end this this. well let's let's just assume bear with us pastor monty let's just assume that evangeline lily is right and we're facing uh the possibility of martial law then what is our responsibility to uh the government and how to how to act as believers like, would it be right for her to, uh, like, because what she's saying is martial law is is imminent, and I don't want to encourage that, and I'm not going to act underneath it. Mm-hmm. Is that the right behavior or mentality to have in a situation where that is true? Yeah. Giving and her we don't the, even know what she believes. Right, so. giving her the benefit of the doubt in theory. What do you think? Well, okay. Um, wow. Uh, if you're going to force me into that position, <laughs> well, that is that is the, for the record. Romans, the Apostle Paul gives <laughs> guidance that we are to yield yes. to those people who have been put into authority because God is the one who allows them to be in authority. Yeah, and that's a very important point to make, yeah. especially considering. And people don't think about this, but Romans wasn't written in an American you know, we're free since Romans was written in a martial law state. I mean, yeah, definitely. but you know, Paul was a Roman citizen, but you know, he like, it, it was written to a church that was largely Jewish and largely under control of the Roman government. And there's a reason why the examples he gives are things like, you know, uh, if a Roman citizen wants your 
or is it Jesus who said that? But anyway, if a if a so our, centurion wants so your coat, then you have to give it to him. Our responsibility as believers is to recognize the sovereignty of God, and because to recognize the sovereignty of God, we pray for those who are in authority, and that God will be the one to guide them so that His will will be done. Would so you we say are to obey? And to pray for good, those who are in authority. Is there a point where it's not appropriate to obey, uh, where Romans 13 um, takes a back seat? What do you think? When the authorities go against the word of God. Or tell you to stop serving God or worshiping God. Right. Right. If, we, if, we, if, we, if a totalitarian government or a socialistic government that took over a democratic republic uh, came into being and said that churches were no longer allowed to do this, then that would be uh, an issue. It's just an, I was thinking about it in terms of Kate Brown's um, statement a couple days ago. When she, I don't have the wording in front of me anymore, but you know the way she's encouraging you or, or how she's encouraging the people to go, where to go for their spiritual guidance. I was just thinking about how a small change, like in her wording or whatever, could have been interpreted as where you go for your spiritual guidance isn't necessary, or where, right. or like seeking spiritual guidance, cease cease to speak spiritual guidance would be would be what we're talking about, you know, right. like so stop go stop you know worshiping your god. That would be well. Kind I would of think. Like that. I think that that's the. Yeah, no. See, uh, I whenever I listen to people like the uh, young lady that you're discussing right now, or I listen to people like people she's in her forties. Other, other people who have uh, observed. No, not everyone's a hundred. I don't listen to what they have to say. You do. Because I'm an intelligent, informed, thinking individual. Again, you there's a certain to irony. What they have to say you just you know take it with mm. however much salt you want. There's a certain irony to saying that I don't listen to what they have to say because I'm in I'm informed. Yeah, they're not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Pass the irony is completely <laughs> completely lost on you. We're gonna end the episode. We appreciate you calling in, and I hope your legs healing and. You stay healthy. It, it is slowly getting better. Yes. And uh, a little plug: we're gonna we're we're looking to see how we can get Truth Time back on the air, even though Pastor Monty can't be with us due to the coronavirus. Yeah, stinking virus. Thank you for allowing me to participate <laughs> with you. I'm kidding. He doesn't have the coronavirus, guys. He just he can't move his leg. It's a bad joke right now. I know. <laughs> All right, Pastor. Love you. See ya. See ya. God bless you too. Bye bye. Um, w what I was going to say there at the, at the end of that was just that I think that we're going to, we're going to see more of that regardless. I think that that is going to be an outcome is that the churches that aren't, the churches that haven't figured out that they are the church yeah. outside of their building mm -hmm. are going to sort of, I think people are going to realize that that's not how you got to do, um, you know that's the the, uh, the identity of the church is going to alter. Yeah, in you. in this stage, mm -hmm. yeah. and I, and I think that concept of having uh, religion but having no power in it that is talked about in the revelatory books in scripture is going to be there because of it. It's like you look, you don't need the church. Like mm -hmm. you can find your spiritual guidance wherever. The church wasn't even able to help you during this time. Yeah, I was I was really like thinking about like I said her statement and like how it 
just a little switch and it could have been like whoa yeah type of thing yeah yeah but all right guys well thanks for tuning in those of you that did i hope that this reaches you know more more of you and um yeah stay tuned for more content from the vigilance radio network during this interesting time but we're out for now see ya the views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.